You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, and I'm alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Welcome to a big day, Jay. Who do we have? We've got Luis Gonzalez. Gonzo. Gonzo, and that'll be at the 615? At the 615 mark. We're going to bring him in, talk some Major League Baseball, what's going on over there. Hopefully, he can give us a little bit of insight. We're going to have a little fun with him, so stick around for that. Yeah, he's one of those guys you can't have fun with. Uh, For the time being, it looks like we're going to have something kind of up pretty soon. I don't know about pretty soon, but we're going to have NBA basketball. Well, the NBA has, has solidified and the owners voted on their plan to start uh, playing on July 31st. Uh, the, apparently the uh, the players have to ratify it, but uh, all signals are pointing towards uh, them ratifying that. So it looks like the NBA has got its act together and they're going to have a, a season that's going to start on July 31st. They're going to have a few regular season games and then a playoffs. So a lot of things going on right. after, after, well, in August. Yeah, you know, uh, things are going to start, you know, ramping up. Uh, you know, the NBA is going to get going. The NHL is going to get going. Uh, we're all waiting for Major League Baseball to figure out what it's going to do. And then, you know, hopefully we're going to start having college football and, and, and the NFL in late August and early September. So we know what we're going to do here in 10 years when Arizona faces Alabama uh, here and there. We don't know what we're going to do in December, do we? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. You know, um, there, there's some conversation on Mark Emmert was... was uh, Doing a briefing at, at uh, with some at Congress, he was there with five, uh, four other uh, leaders of sports, uh, <clears throat> the NHL, NASCAR, NBA, and um, the PGA Tour. Just kind of giving a briefing on what was going on, and in that, he apparently said that he thinks that the college football season as a whole will end before Thanksgiving, and that includes conference champ regular season and conference championships. Well. Well, Mark Emmert is. He's the he's the commissioner of the of the uh, NCAA, or executive director. I think that's his his, his official title. Well, the the college uh, programs are kind of like going. That's the first we've heard of that because they're planning on having full seasons, and so which go beyond that date, right? What you know? Well, for for right now, you know, I mean, I know. The Arizona Arizona State football game is scheduled for the Saturday after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so. Basically, Mark Emmert is saying the the season could be shorter and could end before Thanksgiving. You know, uh, uh, for instance, college football playoff came out and said our schedule's not changing. So, what's the use of ending the season early if the college football playoff is still going to be in January? So, what are you going to you know what are you going to do there? So, um, uh, again, what it's really saying is that there's still a lot of uncertainty as to what's going to happen. One of the other things that that um, that that came out of that uh, out of that meeting was that uh, Emmert also said that there's some schools that they're not sure are going to play. So what kind of scheduling issues is that going to cause? So here we are again. One of those things. That it's too early to tell because right. we're in early June. We are, and so and yeah, and that's exactly what it's saying. It's just saying that there's still a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. While everybody's saying there's going to be college football and there's going to be this and there's going to be that, there's still a lot of things that got to get figured out. I mean, we just heard today that uh, five play, five Alabama right. football players have tested positive for for COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? How are they okay? 
maybe <clears throat> look it's never a good thing for somebody to get the virus but if you if you're looking for a silver lining to something if these guys are going to get treated and they're you know they're not going to uh you know have real serious complications at least it's going to give a sense of what do you do when guys on your team contract the virus how do you quarantine and how do you keep testing what what i read was that they were tested didn't have it did some workouts were tested again and they did Hmm. so you know what's going to happen so man there's just still so much more to figure out here oh there's no question and that's just one sample size although there's been marshall there's going to be a lot of sample sizes here in a month or so right as a return arizona comes back what july 15th yeah, the, uh, the the Pac-12 schools can be back on campus on July the 15th. How how um, transparent do you think all this will be? I almost think that they have to be, you know? I mean, if you're not and something gets out, let's say, you uh, you know, what, what the U of A is doing is 20 football players are going to mm-hmm. be able to come on campus on, June, 5th, on mm-hmm. June 15th, and they start working out, they start working out, and they get tested and they get tested. And if one of those guys contracts the virus uh-huh. and the U of A doesn't say publicly we've got a guy with the virus but it gets out later you know what are you going to do if you're a parent of a football player no no if Jay Gonzalez the head quarterback the quarterback of the football team gets it they better say they something better, they better say they something they absolutely better say something because you know you know, you got you got fans, you got staff, you got uh, coaches, everybody needs to know exactly what's going on so if somebody gets mm-hmm. the virus they now i get it you know at alabama they didn't identify the the, the five players who got it because if you've got privacy you know issues. federal privacy issues mm-hmm. but you have to say somebody's got it mm-hmm. so that people know what they're dealing with so that maybe you know let's say one of those 20 guys gets it there may be somebody who's scheduled to be in the next group of 20 who says i'm not coming because of this do you remember when the kids were having so many problems with concussions oh yeah and we didn't know right Right. So I think they better be pretty darn transparent about this as much as possible within the within the guidelines of privacy laws. Sure, sure. And that's the and you've been part of it. It's, yeah. it's the stickler of the whole sure. thing. Student privacy laws are are stuck to like crazy. We know. But we also know that all too often, you know, some of the some of the schools have hidden behind no, the privacy laws. No question. And, and there have been some issues and they say, well, I can't say because of this. Well, yes, you can. You just you're just choosing not to. Correct. So. Correct. Know how do I know those the words? <laughs> yeah, you dealt with it way more than I did. It became it was more no of an fun. issue after you know after I was done. But you know, there again, it, we're, you know, all this says that there's there's still so much more to happen. There's so much more that 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 we don't know, and you know, we're a long way from from anything. Right, right, and unfortunately, right now in the early June, guess the numbers are going up again. <laughs> they are. Um, but you know, like everybody's saying, it's to be expected. Let's go to Vegas. Make it even more. <laughs> it's just a matter of you know, what are you going to do about it, and how are you going to you know, how are you going to deal with these things? And that's that's the big question. I mean, how long can we stay shut down? I, I don't know, but at some point, you have to say, let we you know, we got to, we just got to figure out how to deal with all of this. This is the ultimate catch twenty two. No, oh, sure is. In, in my lifetime, your lifetime, probably. I don't want to speak for yourself, but well, what do you do? How early yeah, you go out? Right, not too out. You know, pe- people want to get back to their lives, and and I and I see the point. I see the point of that. But you know, I was just having a conversation with my daughter today, who's got to go back to the U of A in the fall. She's a freshman. She just finished her freshman year, and she said, "Dad, I think I'm going to try and get all online classes." Mm-hmm. How many kids are thinking like that? 
You know? and, and let me tell you something, and you probably know this, uh, how I feel. College isn't about that. College is about fun oh, and sure. interacting with people. Sure. It's about learning, of yeah. course, but half of it's growing up. Yeah. It is. It is. It, it, the experience is beyond, goes beyond the classes. Right. 100%. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so, so I don't know. There's, again, so much more. You know, you just got to, we, we, you figure it out day by day. Yeah. And, and yeah. That's, that's really the best that you can do, taking precautions, um, making sure that, uh, you know, uh, you, 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 and you listen. You got to listen to the experts, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. and that's what really needs to happen. Right, right, right. Let's take a quick break here. Come back on the other side. Get Luis Gonzalez on the phone. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have Arizona Diamondbacks hero, Luis Gonzalez. How are you, Luis? Good, guys. How you doing? We're doing really good, Luis. So let's just jump right into some of this because, uh, you know, we've been talking the last few days and, you know, you're starting to see, uh, you know, NBA, NHL getting plans in place to uh, to get started. And MLB seems to be a, a ways away. You've been on both sides of this. You've, you know, longtime player. Now you're a front office guy. You know, where, where, what needs to happen? You know, where, where, where are we and what kind of needs to come together in order for, for Major League Baseball to get going? Uh, I just think they need to lock both sides in a room and let them hash it out <laughs> instead of instead of uh, just dealing with the public perception that e- either side wants to have. I think they just need to get something working. And um, this isn't good for either side, really, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of complications that go into this because it's a 162-game season that was supposed to happen. Uh, and then with a pandemic, uh, stuff going on and then now we have all the other um, the riots and different things that are happening right now it just hasn't been good for anybody so any type of sports right now would be therapy for people so I think uh, um, it would benefit everybody really if we could try to work some type of agreement to get uh, baseball back on track we were talking about this we heard that what 114 games possible that was whatever now 80 some games whatever who knows what the schedule is going to be what would be ideal i mean we could make it 80 before july possibly yeah you know every time (laughs) i'm I'm like you guys every time i hear something it keeps dropping because uh time time is of the essence you know you know, uh, the more time they take to look at their proposals and things, those are just days that are just, you know, marching off the calendar. And you need to try to get something done if you're going to do something because sooner or later the NFL and, like, the NBA has already reached some type of agreement to have their games. Uh, you know, something's going to have to be done soon if there's going to be any type of season here in 2020 for Major League Baseball. Well, is there a number of games that you think makes it a – for lack of a better word, a legitimate season? I think right now this is just uh, this is going to be a different type of year for everybody. I don't think uh, the number is going to matter. I think postseason is what everybody would love to see. Uh, I think that's what's going to make a difference. I, I would say if you could play, you know, 
50 to 100 games somewhere in that range, that would be great. Um, you know, it's – I mean, I, I really don't know. I'm just like everybody else right now, just kind of sitting back, uh, you know, just kind of waiting and hoping and praying that something gets done here real soon. What are, what are some of the issues for the players in terms of, you know, getting ready to right, play? Right, I mean, right. you, you know, you're, you know, you were, you, you were, you were one of the best players in baseball, you know, for a time. I mean, what does a player have to do to his body to get his body ready to play? I mean, how much time do they need and what kinds of things that they have to do so that they're not risking something else long-term and stuff like that? I mean, how, how much time do, do, you, do you guys need? I think it's more for the pitchers, the benefit, uh, the, the, the position players, it doesn't really take that long. Uh, maybe 40 or 50 at-bats for me in spring training. That's all it took me to get ready to see live pitching. Um, the pitchers are the ones that you really worry about, and I think they've talked about expanding some rosters and you know, having uh, you know, more players there where you can funnel in and out because of the simple fact that they're not going to be 100% ready to come out and just fire off 100 pitches right out of the gates. But, um, you know, I, I, I think one of the big hiccups right now is just uh, financial for the players. And um, it's hard because there's not going to be any fans in the stands right now. Um, you know, everybody's worried about the virus. And uh, although you watch TV and with all the uh, riots and, <laughs> and the protests and different things that are going on, there's no uh, – it doesn't seem like there's a pandemic going on right now aside from everybody just wearing face masks. Everybody is just – huddled up right next to each other. Well, it seems to be over in Las Vegas. They opened last night. <laughs> you see pictures. Yeah, of, absolutely. <laughs> their people are, they, they loaded up. Their people are hanging out in, the, in those casinos. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of it is just people are just tired of being cooped up in their house. Sure. And, um, I think people have gotten to that breaking point where they just said, you know what, I, we have to live our life and do stuff. And uh, unfortunately, with all this going on, there's a lot of people, even in Major League Baseball, there's, uh, there's been a lot of cutbacks and, and people have lost jobs and uh, and not just in sports, but in every occupation, people are losing their businesses and th- things like that. So it's been it's been a really, really bad time for, for our country here in the last four or five months. Like Jay said, you played a number of years uh, as a player. Uh, how do you like your new role or your role as it stands now? I mean, you kind of get a different view for things. Uh, it's definitely a different perspective. I, I've learned a lot being on this side of, uh, you know, in the office side, of, uh, you know, from being on the field, you didn't realize that there's so many other intangibles that go into uh, making the wheel sort of spin when when you're playing baseball. But um, I've learned a lot. It's been uh, great. My, my, uh, my boss, Derek Haar, our team president and CEO, and our owner, Ken Kendrick, have really uh, – adapted to me and and welcomed me with open arms and i've been able to sit up there during games uh been able to sit with them in meetings and i've learned a lot i mean i just kind of sit back and 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 kind of uh draw from what you know what's going on in in the baseball world and just kind of learn from that uh you know you always think you're going to be a baseball player your whole life and reality is it's not going to happen for me uh, i was fortunate enough to kind of uh make friends and and uh, be respectful to everybody and have that second opportunity to stay involved in the game to some capacity. So tell us a little bit about the Diamondbacks. What are we, you know, what are we going to be looking at when they, when they finally hit the field? How, you know, how good do you guys feel about where you are? <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, we were feeling really good about it before all this happened, before uh, the virus came out. Our, our guys, you know, we had just signed Bumgardner. Uh, we were feeling really good about, uh, about our team. Uh, you know, the Marte boys, uh, 
we're, we're uh, you know, Cattell has had a fantastic season. And, and you know, we, we just felt really good about our team coming into spring training. And, and this was just a big setback for everybody. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of our guys are still working out, uh, you know, in small groups. Uh, we're not able to have full team workouts and things like that, so it's been kind of difficult. I know our hitters and our pitchers and stuff, they, they do a lot of uh, Zoom uh, meetings and different things like that, and they just try to stay in contact with everybody. I think that's been pretty important for for our organization and for our team, for our guys to kind of stay uh, in contact and and be ready to go because we don't know if this if this agreement is reached. We don't know if it's going to be two weeks, three weeks, a month before they start playing, but um, we know the sooner the better that they can get out there and start playing. And how weird will it be when there's nobody in the stands? Oh, it's it's definitely going to be weird because a lot of uh, players, you know, they, you thrive on the the adrenaline from the fans and just being, you know, the hype of the stadium and the announcers and the scoreboard and different things like that. And to not have that in there, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be like playing a uh, – I always tell people it's like playing a B game in spring training at 10 o'clock in the morning on a backfield where the only people that are there is if there's a young kid that uh, is coming up from the minors that his parents are in town visiting, <laughs> and they're the only ones that are sitting in the stands to see them play. Well, Jay and I wished to be that player, and that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you out there. We'll you out there My time game. is coming, God. Yeah, you know, Luis, Luis I, I took some cuts in a batting cage uh, last summer, and it, it took about three days to get over it. So I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know, man. I think my career is over. So, you know, so we, we, I mean, you know, going forward on that i mean you know is it when when the season does go and i mean you'd expect that that they're going to figure it out and i mean I, I while while it doesn't look great right now and there's all kinds of things going on i just still think there has to be a major league baseball season just like there has to be a college football season and an nfl season. there's just too much at stake to, to not be so so when that let, let's say when that happens you know is do we just have to have a different mindset about what this season will be? You know, what will we think of the World Series champion and the and the American and National League champions? I mean, how will players view that in terms of you know, if as an accomplishment? You know, the the whole the the whole uh, question of the asterisk. I mean, what will it look like? Well, I think for a player, if you win a World Championship, it's not going to matter. They'll they'll take the championship any way they can get it. You know what if. If a season does happen, it's going to be the hottest team out of the gate is going to really yeah. have the benefit. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're playing – if you're playing 50 games, you're playing basically a third of the season. And um, you may have an MVP that nobody was even thinking about, a guy who's either been a journeyman or just a young rookie that just gets hot right out of the gates and can be the most valuable player, the Cy Young Award winner. You can have a hot month and basically – if you play, what, 50, 60 games, that's a month and a half, two months of the season, you can have a hot month and uh, be considered the most valuable player. So, you know, there's there's so many different things that can play into this. There's so many scenarios. I think the first step for us is just to try to get something done to see that we're moving in the right direction and our fans can get excited about baseball once again. I want to just go random on you. Were you like 19 when you hit the single? Uh, because it's 20 years ago. Does it seem like 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was 30, 32 <laughs> years old, believe it or not. So, How does that yeah. feel 20 it's, years ago? Uh, it still feels great, I tell you. It, uh, it never gets old. 
Uh, my kids are the ones that are tired of hearing about it, to be honest with you. They just kind of walk away when somebody comes up to me and talks about it. But, I mean, it was an incredible moment in my career, and it's something that, you know, as a, as a young kid, uh, you know, you dream about being in those situations. And for me, baseball was what I chose, but I dreamed about, you know, throwing the game-winning touchdown or, you know, sinking the, the putt or making the three-pointer to win the NBA championship. I mean, you know, if you're competitive and in, in sports – you always, and I tell young kids now, put yourself, close your eyes and put yourself in that situation, and you never know. Sometimes your dreams may come true, and that's what happened to me. Well, we, we all did that. You know, we all did that growing up, and, you know, for you to get a chance. So, oh, so you know, the Fox Sports is playing all, you know, all, all seven games of the, of the series, and I think tonight is game three. Will you watch that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, uh, my kids or, you know, I have all, my kids are, are 21 years old now. So, and my son plays in the San Francisco Giants organization. I mean, through all the, the bad stuff that's been going on, we've been blessed to have them all home right now at the same time. And, uh, we've really taken advantage of this, uh, you know, this stuff to have everyone together. I mean, this is the first time in a long time that we've been able to have group meals together and, um, I mean, if there's one positive that can come out of this, there's more quality and family time that you're able to spend. But uh, I tell you what, I'm so sick of reality shows. <laughs> but I have, I have uh, my triplets, I have two girls. So my wife and daughters, all they watch is reality shows. Oh, and man. every time I go in there, yeah, I have to leave the room if I'm going to watch any type of reruns or sports or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's been pretty difficult in here as far as uh, being able to see any of those old games. Well, well put a little ball game on. They'll just... They'll roll their eyes if they see it's a game with me on it. Uh, oh, God, here we go again. You know what? I'd love to sit down and have a beer with you and watch a game. <laughs> In fact, that was one of my questions. That, would, that was one of my questions. That how, would be great. We, how, how, is it, how is it probably never having to buy a beer anywhere in Phoenix? <laughs> well, that used to be the case. Not anymore. <laughs> now I've lost, I've lost some hair and a little bit heavier, so uh, I just kind of walk around and uh, – you know, I you know it's still, it's a blessing for me that I was able to play big league baseball and do something that millions of people dreamed about doing. And I never took it for granted from day one that I was in the big leagues. I always treated people the way I wanted to be treated, and and I think that's benefited in the fact that I still have a great rapport with the fans here in Arizona. Well, that's we, perfect because we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit after the break here. Yes, we're hoping you stick around for another fifteen minutes after the break Absolutely. here on ten thirty. The voice have a little fun here. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. Hey, welcome back to Why on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have Diamondback star Luis Gonzalez. So, so Luis, I saw a show last week with Todd Walsh and, and you and Tino Martinez. And I'm thinking, uh, I was wondering about the maybe the pressure or maybe about being a role model. Is there any for you, especially in Arizona with the Hispanic community? Or you do you like I that? Do you, all, like, do you like that phrase? I, I, absolutely, I do. I think... Uh, you know, as a young kid, I was that one. I was that kid that was hanging around in spring training sites, uh, wanting to be like those guys on the field. And I think 
you know, being a professional athlete, you're given a, a voice and a, a platform. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and uh, my parents didn't have a lot, but they sacrificed a lot for me. And my mom was a school teacher. So I saw a lot of the struggles that my family and my parents went through to try to provide for me and my brother and sister. And that's something that always stuck with me. And, you know, even to this day, um, I try to help out in any type of, uh, you know, assistance that I can to different charities and various organizations and stuff like that, because that's how I grew up. And, and I've always made that promise to myself and to my mom and my family that uh, we want to be able to, to help impact people if we can. Well, Luis, you know, I, I, I got to say for, you know, for always that, you know, since you were here at the Diamondbacks, you've always had the reputation of being a good guy. And I can tell you from personal experience, and I'm going to set this up for you. We're going to we're gonna have a little fun with you on something that uh, and uh, I, I want to set it up. Um, 20 years ago, you were down here for spring training. Um, OK. You know, and uh, there's, there's there, at the time at the PJ tournament up at Tucson National, there was always a party on Friday night at a grand a thing they call the Grand Slam tent. And you were there. Do you remember that about that time? You, you might not. But you, anyways, you were there. And a whole group of us okay. were at a table right next to you. I don't know who you were with. You were with some other players, whatever I'm assuming. But you were at this table, and we were all chatting. We said, hey, there's Luis Gonzalez. So somebody in my family, I was there with my brothers and my wife and a bunch of friends of ours. Somebody got the idea to, to see if you would call my sister because she was a huge fan of yours. Actually, I'm just going to embarrass her some more and say that she thought both you and Steve Finley were really hot. And so... <laughs> And so, uh, some well, either my brother or my or my wife went up to you and asked you if you would call my sister and say hi, and you did. You were great. You, you know, you said, "Oh yeah, sure." So we dialed the phone for you, handed you the phone. For some reason, we called her home number, and I'm not even sure why we called her home number instead of her cell. But anyways, we you know the the phone rang. Well, she wasn't home, so. <laughs> So you left a really nice voicemail. Uh, you know, hi, this is Luis Gonzalez. Just you know, I'm here with your family. And they said, you know, call and say hi and all that kind of stuff. And you were really nice about it. But at the end of the voicemail, instead of just saying, okay, th- you know, nice to talk to you. Bye. You said, I'll talk to you later. And then you hung up. So the running joke in the family is that she's been waiting for the callback for about 20 years. <laughs> 20 years? Because oh, <laughs> this was the, either the 99 or 2000 season, because that's when she was living in oh, Phoenix wow. at the time. So that's well, how you'll have, to put me, you'll, you'll have to put me in touch with her one day, and well, maybe we can finish that conversation. I'm, I'm glad you said that, because she's on the line right I'm now. I'm serious. Oh, my God. Hi, Louise. <laughs> how are you doing? So, Louise, Long that's my sister, no Elaine. Talk. I'm glad that wasn't a collect phone call. That, that bill would still be running up. I thought you might have forgotten my number. You know, when you said talk to you later, I didn't realize later meant 20 years later, but I'm not complaining. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. That was such a great well, – I couldn't believe it when I came home and the answering machine was blinking and I hit play and I just stood there with my mouth hanging open. Couldn't believe that I wasn't home to take that call. But it was a memento that I still have, I have to say. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate that. You know, one thing that I've always, uh, my big thing is, you know, I play with a lot of great teammates and I play with a lot of not so great teammates. Yes. But the thing that I always try to do is make people feel comfortable around me and, and just kind of show people that I'm normal. Um, 
you know, and I always used to, start, you know, I always used to use the example, you know, I, when I was in my prime, I can go out and hit two home runs and drive in five runs. But when I got home, my wife still had the garbage waiting on me or, you know, just had to help out do chores around the house and just to let people know. And even my neighbors, just to be out there playing with my kids and things like that, that, you know, I'm a normal human being. I'm doing something that millions of people want to do, but I was just, you know, very blessed and fortunate to be in a great situation to, uh, to, you know, to make an impact. Well, Luis, I got to say, you know, when when my when my whoever it was went over and handed you the phone, you know, you, you didn't bat an eye. It wasn't like, oh God, here comes another fan. You know, okay, I'll do this. I mean, like <laughs> you were you were so happy to do it, and uh, you know, Elaine, you know, after the fact, she called like, how the hell did you guys pull that off? And so you were so great about it. But again, twenty years, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you later. So we thought we'd pull this together. And, well, that's yes, awesome. and I just well, want to say thank you. Just thank you for it, it, all the incredible memories from your time with the Diamondbacks. It was a truly fun time for all of us here in Arizona. And we we get that from you, that you are just a regular well, guy and you love it here in Arizona. And that's always come through and we'll always be grateful and I'll always be a huge fan. Okay. Well, I appreciate Elaine, right? Yes. It's Elaine. You're, well, Elaine, yeah. let's not wait 20 years to talk again, okay? So I'll talk to you before you 20 You got years. it. I'm going to hold you to that. All right. <laughs> Louis, Thank thanks, so thanks a whole bunch for doing that. I appreciate it. There you go, oh, Elaine. Man, Cross that off your bucket pleasure. list. So, so, it's off there my you bucket go. list. So, Luis, it's, fun. awesome. it's funny, you brought something up. Uh, uh, I covered sports. I'm a sports writer, both Jay and I are. And one of the reasons I'm not that big of a fan anymore is because of the bad guys you talk about. There's a lot of good dudes like you, Steve Kerr, Chuck Charles Barkley was one of the great guys, uh, accessible, easy to talk to. But there are some, you know, bad apples or whatever. Uh, I'm not that big of a fan because of them. Are you, now that you're in this role, and I'm sure you see them, you see them wherever they're at, are you kind of an, or try to be an influencer to kind of steer them in the right direction? I try, and I try to explain to them that, you know, the, the same people you pass on the way up are going to be the people you pass on the way down when your career is over and you know it's just hard in today's society with these young kids they have so many more platforms with social media and internet and you know just just everything they they kind of create who they want to be they, you know before uh unless somebody really knew who you were the media was who uh perceived you as, you know could could write about you and tell the people the story of who you really are and I think now players kind of take that into their own hands by, you know, whatever they put on the Internet, either Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and different things like that. And, and, and I think it's really hurt the industry as far as uh, the one-on-one that fans usually can get with a, with a player. You know what I mean? Of course, yes. Yes, and they're everywhere now, at least the Internet people. I mean, it's tough. It's tough, but the good thing is you're out there trying to help just the average people. Just kind of get Absolutely. their stories out. I, I still think that the the you know the best medicine is just to you know to to be in front of a camera, be in front of the people, and just talk to them face to face. I'm not a real big uh, you know you know I always try to post. You know I don't post a lot, but when I do, it's usually it's all positive stuff. I don't I don't really want to take a stance either one way or another because I know you know. 50 people are going to like it and 50 people aren't going to like it half and half. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, yeah. So and, and I just try to go ahead. I just try to stay, you know, generally neutral and, and, uh, you know, everybody has their own opinions and sometimes, you know, if you're given that opportunity, then you just express the way you feel. But 
you have to listen to everybody else's opinions too. Well, you know, and that, and that's oh, there's a lot of that going on right now, Luis, with all the you know people you know may, having comments about uh, you know the, the 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 racial situation going on right now, and you, you're seeing a lot of that. Drew Brees, you know, expressed an opinion, and right. that blew up on him. Uh, you know, LeBron has been out there; other athletes have been out there, and we've actually been having this conversation the last couple of days about you know athletes and and the platforms that they have, and is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing that that they express themselves? And you know, my point is has always been it's always a good thing and you know what everybody is entitled to their opinion like you just said yeah I, I agree with you I just you know sometimes you just have to be careful because uh, the decisions that you make can affect a lot of people in a negative way or sometimes in a positive way you just have to kind of think about it before you end up doing it you still Mr. On's number one son oh absolutely <laughs> I uh I still enjoy going down there. In fact, my family was talking about trying to get down there real soon to to go down there and, and eat with him. He, you know, he's an incredible person. He was when I first got traded to the Diamondbacks. I went to Tucson. I knew all the players on the team from playing for a long time, uh, but you know, everybody kept telling me, "Hey, you got to go to this place to go eat Sakuros. Sakuros now it's called Mister Ons, but. I went there, and I went by myself, really, after a workout, and, and I met Mr. Ahn, and from that day on, we have become family, friends, and, and, and the closest, uh, you know, he, he's incredible. He does so much for the community, and I enjoy, anytime he calls, I drop what I'm doing and try to, to get back to Tucson. Tucson was a very special place for myself and my family because, you know, my career really, I was a journeyman, and when I got to Arizona, the Diamondbacks really embraced me, the the community of Tucson and the state of Arizona and, and Phoenix, uh, they all embraced myself and my family and uh, really made me, made this place feel like home and I've never left. Well, you well again, you know, we, you know, we loved you here. I, I look the the only well, I got I I, I said the only um, baseball momentum I have. I have two of them. I have. Uh, I, I was with Tucson Electric Power at, at the time, and so I was involved in the naming of the ballpark and stuff. So I w- was involved with spring training, played in the golf tournaments with you guys and stuff like that. But after the 2001 World Series at the, the 2002 golf tournament in, in, in Phoenix, all the players as part of the goodie bag were given a, uh, a World Series baseball. I've got one signature on it, and it's yours, and I've still got that ball. So it's very That's cool. Awesome. They also they also gave us a jersey and you and you signed the jersey. So I've got a jersey hanging in the back of my closet somewhere with your <laughs> signature on it. I, and then I've got the base, but the baseball is prominent in 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 my office. So you know, and it, again, you know, it, it goes back to being a good guy, being a good guy. Yeah. Which you know, which we saw because you know what, I, you know, I was a sports writer for a while and I saw some guys who weren't good guys and I, you know, and and I, we know who some of them are and you know we had experiences with them both as writers and then just Absolutely. as fans. But you know, when you're a good guy, you know, you you create memories. I I was you know twenty years ago I was I was forty years old so I wasn't a kid around you, but I kind of felt like that and I think uh, you know that rubs well, off on people. Well. Well, I'll tell you, if you were 40 years old, you weren't far off from the rest of the players. Because <laughs> I think in 01, we were the oldest team in baseball. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that compliment. And, and, you know, that means a lot to me. And, um, you know, that's something that I've always strived for is to, you know, be positive on the field and positive around kids and, and just try to be a, a great influence to them. You know, and I said earlier, you know, when you're given a platform like that to do stuff, you want kids to grow up wanting to be like you as a player and as a person. And, um, you know, I've always, I, I, I always tell people, you know, 
the the things you do on the field are great. And, and I tell our young kids that in the minor leagues, you know, but that's going to come and go. Like all the records and different things that I've done with the Diamondbacks are all great, but there's going to be great players that come behind you. The Paul Goldschmidt's and, you know, the guys that are there now, you know, your Archie Bradley's and guys like that and, and Mar- Cattell Marte's, your Escobar's, and, and they're going to break your records. But to me, it's the impact that you make off the field with the people is the stuff that they'll never forget. And and from you telling me stories today of stuff that's happened in the past, it's it's proven that, um, you know, what I tell the young kids that I'm on the right path with them. So, Luis, I went to school with David Edwards uh, in college. Oh, He had the hole-in-one. Do you actually believe that was a hole-in-one? Did you last? Was it last week or two weeks? Yeah, I think ago, it was right? last week. I think it was last week. Uh, I still don't believe it, but he plays a lot of golf with my son. Um, they go out and play, and uh, he plays with a couple uh, older gentlemen, and they seem to have a great time out there. Dave is one of the best. He was one of our best trainers, and now I give him a hard time because he's a trainer for the for the uh, PBR, the Bull Riders. Yes. And uh, whenever whenever it's on TV, I always you know look for him on TV and. He made one of their commercials, and I ended up rewinding it and taking a picture of him and told him that my TV screwed up now because his face was on it. But, you know, we, we, we had a great bond of guys, and, and, and what made the 2001 team so special in that era that we were in is, um, you know, we always, when we went to dinner, it was a group of us. When, um, you know, we always treated people with respect when they came in. All the beat writers, everybody was was great, you know, you know uh, Kurt and Randy were just two different breeds. Those guys were on a stu- superstar status that when they pitched, they were on their own program. We just kind of stayed away from them. But every, the everyday guys that were on that team, your Jay Bells, your Matt Williams, everybody, it was so much fun to be around. Your Reggie Sanders, Steve Finley's, Craig Councils. That, w- that was a fun team to be around. And we still have a great bond, and we have a group text that we all – you know, a group chat that we all uh, communicate with each other every day, and it's like a bond that nobody. We did something that nobody can ever take away from us is win the first major championship here in the state of Arizona. So it's pretty special. Very cool. We had a lot of fun today. I hope you did too. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and, and thanks for having me. And uh, Elaine, thanks for uh, letting <laughs> me have closure to that <laughs> conversation that we had. So. I appreciate you doing that, Luis. Anytime somebody can check off a bucket list thing, it's a, it's a good thing. So I appreciate you doing that. That's awesome. Being a great sport. I, I hope to... I hope to see you guys when I head down to Tucson soon. So thank you very much. All right. Thank Thank you, you, Luis. Have a great evening. Hey, that was a lot of fun. Let's take a quick break here on 1030 The Voice and come back for about 10 more minutes. For nearly seven decades, Hughes Federal Credit Union has been there for its members through good times and bad. We know that by working together, we can achieve great things like addressing your financial needs during these times and beyond. Bank locally with Hughes, selected by Forbes as one of the best in-state credit unions for two years in a row. We've got you today, tomorrow, and for decades to come. Visit HughesFCU.org, insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera. I'm with Jay Gonzalez. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. My phone is blowing up with text messages from my from my family and friends. And, you know, my, my sister had a lot of fun. Like I said, we, uh, you know, closed out a bucket list item for her. So that was great. But I, I can't I can't let the mention of Craig Council go by without, mm-hmm. my, again, my now my sister's going to, I'm going to blow the moment for her because I've got a story on Craig Council. He blew me off for golf one time. And that was because we were, I was supposed 
supposed to golf with him at the Diamondback Spring Training Golf Tournament, not Spring Training Golf Tournament, preseason golf tournament up in uh, up in Phoenix, and we had drawn his name to play in our group. So as we were getting ready to for the tournament to start, we're waiting for our guy. Craig Council's our guy. He's he's the player that's in our group. We're waiting, 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 waiting. The carts are starting to leave, and he's still not there. And our our host Mark Fernandez, who used to run Spring Training down in Tucson, calls up calls up Craig and says, Craig, where are you? He says, I'm on I-10. I got sent to the minors. And he was, <laughs> he was headed back down to Tucson. So he didn't get to golf with us. And so, but, um, my, uh, my sister loved Craig Council as well. And so every time she mentions his name, I, I do mention that he blew me off for well, golf. You talked about him, Finley and Gonzalez, kind of like three, three guys, just oh. good dudes. Oh yeah. You know, and, and they were, and you know, and they were, you, you could tell I was, I was on a, a sponsor trip, uh, where we got to fly to San Diego with the team and stuff like that. And you just saw the way they interacted with people, and they were just really good guys. Really good guys. So let's take a quick call here. Dave, thanks for calling in. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. Thanks for calling. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say how what a wonderful man Luis Gonzalez was 20 years ago. He was one of the nicest guys in baseball, an ambassador to the game. I'll never forget how good he was to me and my and my uh, brother. Uh, how he signed everything, and uh, you know, and uh, we can't forget that bubble gum that went for thousands of dollars either. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> so, didn't somebody he threw a uh, somebody got his gum and 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 I, I can't remember yeah. exactly what it was. Tell us the story. He, he spit out his gum, and somebody ran and picked it up like a bat boy or somebody, and he and it went for an auction. And uh, uh, for thousands of dollars, it was crazy. Yeah, just you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, again, you know, like like you said, he was always he was always there for the fans, and mm-hmm. you just love players like that. Yeah, absolutely. And trust me, uh, I had those Randy Johnson moments, and they are they were terrible. But Luis, man, he stepped right up to the plate. Pardon the pun, and signed uh, my two thousand one uh, World Series uh, Diamondback hat. Cool. There you go. Cool, cool. There I'm sure go. you have it some yeah. safe place. So, yeah, good. Well, good oh, for do. you guys. I still do. <laughs> Dave, Dave, just real quick. I think this is the first time you've called in. You can call in any time. Just uh, enjoying the show? I absolutely am enjoying the show, yes. Yes. Great. Great. Well, thanks for calling Great. in. Great to hear tell you, your, Tell your buddies. Tell, tell your buddies all about us, Dave. Great. Thank you for calling in, and we appreciate it. That was good. That was good. It was a good show today. Yeah. You know, uh, again, I, I just feel like uh, it, it, Luis is one of the no-brainers mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. And, and there are guys like that. And again, I've seen guys that were that were awful and, you know, they're, oh, and they're, they were just not my, you know, I, because of how they, how I saw them with fans, I wouldn't even draft them in fantasy baseball <laughs> yeah, because really? of that. I mean, I hold, you, again, we've known that I hold grudges about right. stuff Did like you that. cover uh, spring training? I didn't cover any Diamondback oh, spring I hate, training. No, I covered, I covered Indian spring, train, was that spring training one year. The Indians at that time had a guy named Mal Hall oh, on their team, gonna be into my guy. and a guy and another guy named Julio Franco. Oh God, you're and good. those guys were jerks, awful. Jerks. They were awful. Yeah. And and then at the, the spring training that I covered, towards the end of spring training, that's funny. The Indians had traded for Phil Negro. And Phil Negro comes in, and he's a hundred years old. He's been, you know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I, I got the sense that he was like Crash Davis. What the hell am I doing here? And I had to do a story on him the day he got there, and he was the nicest guy, yeah, yeah. the nicest guy. Right. And so, you know, you just, you just, I, I mean, I, did, I never even did stories on Julio Franco and and, and Mal Hall because I went up and talked to, to both of them a couple of times, and they were just jerks. Yes, yes. And I hadn't even given them a reason to be a jerk other than I was a member of the news media. Julio Franco so, was so, my guy. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. so th- there's there's guys like that. 
I will defend Randy Johnson because because Dave just mentioned Randy Johnson's name. I in one of those Diamondbacks tournaments, the spring training, I golfed with Randy Johnson here at uh, at Arizona National, and he was he didn't say a lot, but he was extremely friendly. Uh-huh. He you know he put up with us. There were four of us. It was always four guys and the and then the the Diamondbacks guy, but he was great and we had a good time with him. Played eighteen holes with him. We'd got our picture taken with him, which was really funny because he was what six eleven, mm-hmm. and so you had you had a bunch of five foot eight, uh, you know, scrappers from from Tucson Electric Power golfing with him. Then the six eleven guy. So, but you know, he was he was gracious, and and we had a good time with him. Also, I had a chance to golf with Bo Jackson, who was another really funny, great guy. Yeah, but yeah. you know, again, no, uh, it's not that hard for guys to be good guys. No, no, and I know many of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah you're disappointed when yeah, they are bad guys. Right, right. Tom, you wanted to say something? Well, and uh, I've been in pro sports for 20 years, too, and been around this as well. But the guys who always made me chuckle were the guys who hated dealing with the fans but were super nice to them. And I always kind of laughed to myself because at least they got it, even though they hated that part of the job. And keep in mind, this is still a job. They hated that part of the job. But they knew they had to go out there and shake hands and kiss babies and not get that order wrong because they frown on that. But, you know, I always kind of thought, all right, well, those guys to me were probably the most professional out of all of them because you're right. There are just some people who straight up are going to be jerks. Then there's some really nice people. And Mm -hmm. then there's, look... That's every walk of life, you know, you get all those guys, which is why it's refreshing when you get the really nice ones who aren't spoiled by their success. In fact, one of those guys that I dealt with for four years will have tomorrow, Jason Terry. He's having a press conference tomorrow. Right, Jason Terry's having a press conference tomorrow, so uh, we'll we'll sit in on that and we'll break it down for everybody. Again, one of those guys who just always seem to have a smile on his face, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you really like. So, um, you know, this was fun today. I, I, I my, my phone is still blowing up over here um, but uh, again I, I can't stress enough how important it is and and I, I love it when I hear a guy say it's part of the job just be a good guy you know what and people aren't fooled people aren't fooled um, because they know the difference between a good dude and a bad right. dude yes we have a call coming we have in. another caller we got about Scott. two minutes left and we got another call which is great uh, anybody wants to call in down the road please do 79020 save that phone 2040 and we'll talk to you freely. We, we love talking to you guys. We'll just wait for uh, Scott to come on. Scott, you got about a minute. What, what can, thanks for calling. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? We're doing good. I'm pretty good. I'm just super excited about Jason Terry, the Jet, coming back to Tucson. Super excited about the men's program. Finally going in the right direction. Super excited. Bear down. Go Cats. Let me say this, Scott, because Scott, Scott was a regular caller. He's, he, he hasn't called in a while, but he was a regular caller. So you're now on the uptick or trending well for the program? Well, well of course. Uh, Miller made the only move that he could make, and that was bringing Jason Terry on board uh, to bring me on board, and I'm here, and I'm ready to go. Well, that sounds great. We're looking forward to it. We want, we just hope that there's a season and a full season. But I, I do like, to, I do like what we're seeing from the program right now. So hopefully, it, uh, it's all going to work out well for Sean Miller and the Cats. This pandemic and, has, and if, this pandemic has sure changed things, especially you, Scott. <laughs> 
Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, it's looking great. I can't wait, and uh, go Cats. Talk right. to you guys soon. Appreciate your calling, Sean. Have a great evening. Scott, though, Scott. Uh, good, 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 cool. That, uh, man, Scott calls in with a positive there note. I'm okay with that. There he is. You know. Great show. I mean, everybody loved the show, so they had to be positive. Exactly. Good, guys. It was a fun day. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we're getting some callers in, and you know, we'll, we'll break down Jason Terry's press conference tomorrow, and uh, yep. it'll kind of be almost like having him as a guest. So good, true. stick around, and we'll, uh, we'll have some good stuff for you guys tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jay. Good show today. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow here on 1030 The Voice. Have a great evening, everyone.